Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason. And my name is Todd Exenbaugh. Today, we are going to be learning from the company Baron Fig, which is one of Todd's personal favorite companies. I love Baron Fig. So we're in particular going to be learning from Joey Cafone, uh, who is the co-founder and, and kind of just brain guy behind Baron Fig and a lot of their products. So what is Baron Fig? Baron Fig is basically a company that makes notebooks, pens, pencils, and all that kind of stuff. Sounds kind of weird to be talking to somebody like that. But here's the thing. For Baron Fig, they're all about creating tools for thinkers. And so for us, we're thinkers, we're learners, and we love learning from people who are creating tools for people like us. And so we are so excited to be able to talk with Joey because he is just a great person who's thinking about things all the way to the tiniest details. And so this interview with him was a, is, is going to be a great experience for us to be able to talk about and just get into his, his brain about what creativity and, and what thinking really entails. Yeah, and you're going to hear Todd geek out a lot in this interview. Todd, before we jump into the interview, why do you love Baron Fig so much? I love Baron Fig because for me, they create quality things, right? So they're, all of their products are, are just top-notch quality. The paper is great quality. The, the ink in the pens are great quality. The graphite, the, the lead that's in the pencils, it's all terrific quality stuff. But, but here's the thing. It's simple, easy to use, and for me, I feel cool when I'm using it, if I'm being honest. And with that, we're going to jump into our conversation with Joey Cafone. Well, welcome to the podcast, Joey Cafone. Hello, gentlemen. We're super excited to have Joey on the podcast today. He is the co-founder of Baron Fig, and we want to talk with him about Baron Fig and how it got started and the journey that they've been on and kind of what they're facing um, right now and what's going on with Baron Fig right now. So, Joey, why don't, why don't you just start by um, telling us, you know, what's happening with Baron Fig right now? I mean, you guys have had a bunch of product releases here within the past several weeks, so why don't you tell us what's happening? Yeah, sure. So, uh, it, for those that don't know, Baron Fig uh, is uh, our company here in New York City. We make tools for thinkers. We started uh, three years ago with the Confidant Notebook, and basically, um, me and my co-founder, Adam Cornfield, we saw that, you know, they're there wasn't really a notebook that spoke to us. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but it doesn't sound weird if you're talking about sneakers or, or other goods, um, you know, like coffee with Starbucks. I mean, it has a brand and it has a soul, Nike with, with athletic gear, but for some reason notebooks, you know, didn't have it and yet uh, so many of us use them. So we designed uh, our first product, the Confidant. We put it on Kickstarter and we were trying to, I think, make around a thousand notebooks we ended up almost with ten thousand notebooks uh sold in 30 days and you know, the the company kind of just went from there we, we haven't stopped now uh since then we've introduced um the squire pen it's an aluminum rollerball and the archer pencil we've introduced the vanguard soft cover notebooks and we have a bunch of accessories to go along with it so tell us about, you know, how Baron Fig got started. You know, when did it get started and like what led what led you to start it? Yeah, so 
I, me, Adam, and another friend, Scott, we uh, we did this thing where we called it Rock and Co. Like literally the rock, like you know, you find outside on the ground and company. And it was just like a combination of our last names. And it was like um, an experimental group with the three of us where we committed four months to each other um, times three. So for four months out of an entire year, we would do Scott's project, then we would do Adam's project, and then we would do mine. And since we all had different skill sets, I'm a designer, Adam was in finance, and Scott was a developer, We uh, it was a good trade, right? So we started then, and we did two projects, which were theirs, and mine was the third, and it was to make that notebook, The Confidant. Um, and I, I sort of came to this, uh, this realization you know, with this notebook that doesn't have a soul because I went to art school here in New York City at the School of Visual Arts. And I um, I realized in going through all of the notebooks available that uh, they were pretty poorly presented. Um, there wasn't a lot to them. It didn't make you want to use it. It was very utilitarian. And there's a time and a place for that. But I think when you have a notebook in which you're pouring your soul into, right? Notebooks are some of the most personal things we own. Uh, you know, people journal in them, they sketch in them. There's a lot of vulnerability, there's a lot of truth, there's a lot of exploration that goes into your notebook. And uh, there, I don't think there's anything out there at the time that spoke to that, that even acknowledged it. It was just like, here's a notebook, it does a, you know X number of pages, it's this size, boom. Uh, so we contacted over 500 thinkers around the world. And I define thinkers as someone who has a brain, right? Anyone with a brain. Because uh, I didn't want to isolate it to just makers, right? Because a lot of people are thinkers who use notebooks, but you know they don't necessarily consider themselves like makers, as in like sculptors or painters or something. So we emailed these thinkers all over the world, and we asked them one question. And the question was, what do you like in a sketchbook or notebook? Very simple. And I emailed 500 people because I figured I would, oh, I'd maybe, maybe get a 5% response rate, right? So that's 25 responses, I thought. I ended up getting an 80% response rate. It was like blowing my mind, right? And all of these people, it was four, over 400 people who responded with feedback and a lot of the same things were being said, like just, you know, I've been looking for this perfect notebook. I've been looking for a notebook that really speaks to me, et cetera, et cetera. And when that wave of email started coming in, I knew that we were onto something. And like I said earlier, then we went on to design a notebook uh, using so much of that feedback from those 400 and change people. Uh, and we ended up with uh, over 4,200 backers on our Kickstarter to get the, the company going, to get it off the ground. Uh, so, like, t tell us a little bit more about, like, your mission. You know, we were looking on your website, and it says that, you know, your mission is to champion thinkers in their journey to create and inspire the world. Like, why, why choose that mission, and, like, what kind of led you to that yeah that's that's a really good question 
So when I was first starting Baron Fig, remember I'm not a, a business guy. I mean, I guess by this point I'm more you know certainly have experience in business now. But back then, you know, my exposure to business was my grandfather who had a plumbing company, right? And um, I did a lot of reading and, and searching, um, you know, the internet for really sound, sensible advice to make sure that I didn't screw this thing up, right? Because, you know, an opportunity like that is is a gift. You know, it's, it's something that comes once in a lifetime. And uh, if you don't recognize it and you don't put your heart in it and you don't work hard, you know, it can slip away and that could be it. So I did a ton of reading. Um mostly about startups because startups were, you know, really hot a few years ago. And I think it's just finally becoming, um, you know, not the sexiest thing to call yourself a startup, but, but back then, you know, people were throwing, investors were throwing money around at everybody. Advice was flying. Everybody was starting a business, man. It was like a gold rush. Um, so anyway, I did some reading and I read some interesting things about figuring out your mission and also making an employee manual, which um, no other company I know of my friends that have companies and whatnot, they didn't do it for years. And I thought, wow, this would be really cool if, if I took the time now to do it from the beginning. Because you know, all this advice said that um, they're like, you know, once you hit 10 people, you really need to put everything in a manual. Or, or you really need to figure out your mission once you have, you know, your first hire. But I thought, hey, what if we do this, like, ASAP? What if we just consolidate the philosophy of the company, consolidate the mission right from the beginning? I mean, how focused could we be with that? And so I, uh, I sat down with my Google Docs, and I wrote that sentence like a thousand times. And I'll read it again, just in case anyone missed it. It's... Um, our mission from Baron Fig is to champion thinkers in their journey to create and inspire the world, right? And so, of course, thinkers uh, is our audience. Uh, and like I said earlier, it's it's more than just makers. It's people who enjoy being intellectually stimulated, right? If you're a reader, you're a thinker. If you w love to watch movies, you're a thinker. Um, and we're, our, our goal is to champion thinkers, people who do things with their mind, just like athletes do things with their bodies, um, in their journey to create and inspire, right? And it doesn't have to be some really complicated uh, thing. Like your creation doesn't have to be going out and making a movie or a sculpture or a painting. It could be as simple as creating a journal entry or to inspire the world could start with inspiring you know, your best friend because you wrote a nice letter in a notebook or something like that. Um, and so it, it's it's hopefully scales throughout, you know, from the biggest projects to the smallest tasks that people do. Um, and when we figured out what our journey was, what our mission was, um, it helped us really clarify what we had to do to get there, the kind of like limited editions to make the products to make because everything we do is held up to this single sentence and we just say does does this um support this mission or not so you, you've talked a lot about you know that there's a difference between a thinker and a maker and i think especially you know in the in the times that we have right now there seems to be like uh like people underestimating the importance of just 
thinking. You know, I was just talking with someone this morning and they were saying that, you know, there's so much emphasis on, you know, you have to get this done. You have to be so efficient and you kind of eliminate the time for thinking and designing and dreaming and so on and so forth. Like, what would you say, like, what, what do you think is the benefit to like creating that time, that space to think, to dream, to design? Oh, it's, it's, it's so important. Without a doubt, the most creative time in my life was when I lived further downtown in Manhattan and uh, in like a dense area that had a lot going on. And I went on a daily walk, no phone, um, just a notebook in my pocket. And I practice um, like walking meditation. Have you guys ever heard of that? It's just sort of being present and, and walking rather than sitting and meditating and really trying to like, you know, breathe in, breathe out deeply, pay attention to what's in front of me, engage all of my senses and just walk and wander. And sometimes my walks were 10 minutes and sometimes they were you know an hour, hour and a half and I walked all over, but I came back with so many ideas and I think, um, I would say I would clap classify that i put that in the category of pretty much you know quote unquote doing nothing right i mean it was not task oriented i did not go out in the world really with um problems that i needed to solve i just went because i enjoyed it and it was a great way to stimulate the mind for for new projects so i i think that thinking is is i idleness is another way of describing thinking i think um, idleness is, is completely undervalued, especially in the workplace, because you need to appear like you're working. You need to look busy. I mean, you know, we have, there's actually a term for that. It's called busy work, right? It's when you're pretty much shuffling papers and not doing much, but you look busy, you look productive. And I think there are oftentimes where true true productivity, like really valuable, insightful thoughts come from the exact opposite, where you look like you're just sitting there. And uh, we at Baron Fig talk about the, um, the importance of idleness and um, just taking time to ponder, I guess. And I, I Adam always, you know, my job is essentially um, for everyone that doesn't know, my partner Adam Cornfield is a finance, uh, as a finance background and computer uh, development, and I have a writing and design background, and so I do kind of take time to uh, walk around still or be out of the office, and you know Adam is always making sure everybody understands that I'm not just you know putzing around, uh, you know taking breaks that that it's it's part of the creative process and uh, important into seeing as far down the path of Baron Fig as possible. So talk, talk to us about your method. You know, you, on your website it says, you know, making tools for thinkers designed with a philosophy of simplicity, usefulness, and community. Talk like a little bit more about that and like what you mean by that. Yeah, so this all, it, it all came, it was all very organic, right? And I think this has to do with just what we were talking about is like stepping back and just observing, right? And I observed the process that had happened when I designed the Confidant and what led to its success. 
right? And I observed that, number one, it was a simple tool. I took everything out of the notebook that I didn't think was absolutely, absolutely necessary to the essence of what a notebook is, right? And so I took the band off, um, that elastic band that, that holds it closed but dangles there when you're using it. I took that pocket out of the back that's, uh, that a lot of notebooks have. And, um, you know, I'll get, maybe I'll get into that design decision a little bit later. But anyway, I boiled it down into the most simple product and simplicity. And then the second tenet is usefulness. And so I, I do like the idea of creating tools, right? Not just, uh, not that I don't like toys. I mean, you guys saw my Nintendo Switch is sitting here, right? But tools versus toys, uh, a gimmick versus uh, something with function. And um, so the notebook is a functionally useful tool that people really actually do work in or improve their life in. Like it, it has a use, and I, I really like that, and I like making products that do that. And then the last thing is the most unique, most difficult piece of it, and it's the community aspect. And that came from the incredible response that I got when I sent those emails out. I mean, there was so much feedback and so much passion from literally all over the world urging me and our team to keep going and to create something that, that they could respond to. Uh, and so now today we continue doing all three of those, simplicity, usefulness, and community uh, by uh, making beautiful tools that people love that are inspired by the feedback that they give. And a good example is our Squire pen, which um, is essentially the most simple pen I've seen. Uh, it is looks like one, it's almost like a unibody MacBook, right? There's only one moving part at the top. And the whole thing, it's, sometimes people say it looks like a long bullet or a torpedo because uh, it's just, it's that completely simple. It, it really there it does. is. I'm, I'm holding it right now. I'm, I'm holding mine. And this one's called the experiment. It's green and it has green ink and it's really just cool. But it really is. It's so simple. Like it's there's it does kind of look like a bullet too, but it's so simple. And there's there it's so simple that it's elegant though. Thank you. Thank it's you. Elegant though. Like it's not like it's not just a tube of metal. Like it's elegant. It's got elegance to it. Thank you. Appreciate that. What's really cool about the Squire, and it, it goes unnoticed mostly, and that's fine. Simple things tend to go unnoticed, is that the one moving part that you have there, right, the, the top where you twist out the pen, that does two different functions, right? And in order to make one thing do two things in such a simple product is an insanely difficult endeavor. It took us 14 months, I think, to make that pen. But that twist at the top extends and retracts the point, but it also twists past the stop so that you can replace the ink cartridge. And we put all of that in one single moving part. Um, and I, I'm really proud of how, how that came together and, and how it works. Uh, and people clearly respond very positively towards it. Yeah, I think it just shows, you know, you said that took 14 months, that great products take time, but people appreciate it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's 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 insane how long some of this stuff takes. And you can imagine, right, like right now, what is it? It's May. We're working on stuff right now that we won't be out until July next year would be like the equivalent of the squire. 
Like it just, it takes so long and so much um, patience and dedication. And our, our team is just like a really impressive group of people that are so different and they come together to make these things just blows me away almost every day. So how, how do like you and Adam, like how do you encourage like the team? Because I mean, some days it's gotta be pretty discouraging. No, what I'm working on will not get released for another year. Like how, how do you help create an environment of that patience that you were talking about? Um, it's, it's interesting. It's actually the reverse. Believe it or not, you know, I've never thought about it until this moment, but we're really, really excited about the things we're working on right now. And we don't even think, oh man, this isn't coming out for a year. Like it's just so much fun. We get to create so much fun ideas like that experiment pen that we made with its green body and a green ink cartridge. And the photography has uh, white leather gloves and beakers filled with this like mysterious green liquid. It was just like really fun to do. And it's actually, when I say it's the opposite, it's because 12 months later when the product actually comes out, we're like, oh yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, we know what that is. Like it's, it's been so long that we're not excited. So, um, like the stuff that's coming out now, we've it's been around for so long that it doesn't thrill us as much as the brand new stuff. But that's good because then it helps us make it helps us continue to make new things and play around and have fun. So, where where did the name Baron Fig come from? Baron Fig. Okay, so this is a story that. When I tell the story, either people love it or they're like, oh, okay. And I always try to tell it in a different way because I'm like, there's got to be a right way to tell this damn story where people are like, oh, that's legit. But anyway, so here, here's here, it starts off with probably the most uninteresting thing, which is I just happened to like the word Baron. I thought it was a cool word. And I went to Adam and Scott and I said, hey, guys, I really like the word Baron, but it's not um, its not that fun alone. It doesn't feel right. And Scott, before I could even finish the sentence, said, how about the word fig at the end? And I'm going, I went, Baron fig. And Adam was like, that's interesting. Where did you get that? And Scott says, I don't know. First word that came to my mind. So now here's where it gets, here's where it gets ridiculous. I liked it too, but if you're going to create a company for thinkers, you cannot have a meaningless name, <laughs> right? You need depth to that. So I was like, I love this, but we cannot use this. There's no point. And I came up with hundreds of names after Baron Fig, all in a notebook, just a ridiculous amount of pages filled. And... I remember I had a trip to San Francisco um, at the time, and I couldn't think about anything I was supposed to be doing but filling this notebook up with names to to name the company. And I could not find anything that I liked as much as Baron Fig. So finally, I looked up the etymology of the word Baron and the word Fig. And I found out that Baron comes from the Apollonian symbol of soldier. And fig is a Dionysian symbol of wine. And so essentially, a, they represent 
order and chaos through Apollo and Dionysus. And when I realized that, it was the most serendipitous moment because it's essentially a reflection of the creative process. Because when you, instead of order and chaos, I like to say discipline and impulse because it really makes it, um, I feel like it, it brings it down into reality a little bit versus order and chaos. And in my mind, to be creative is to have the discipline to work hard, but the impulse to play. And so many of us have one or the other, but it's so hard to embody both. And so essentially, Baron Fig all boils down to discipline and impulse and really the balance of who we are as um, you know, an adult or a growing young person and a child that we need to keep alive inside. Wow, that's that's crazy. So deep. Yeah, that actually it is, and it's like whoa. No, I love that story. Oh yeah. I, I see. I love that story. So talk to us a little bit about um about that because I think for a lot of people, um, they think of creatives or thinkers. They think of them as as people like you were saying earlier. They're just kind of doing nothing. What What have you guys done um, on your team or, or you personally? Um, what do you do to continue to keep that child, like you were just talking about the child alive, that, that spirit that wants to play and create? Like what do you guys do to help foster that and to keep it going? Yeah, that's, that's a curious question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, I think, first of all, we are very open with our team. Like I mentioned, a, um, an employee handbook earlier on and there's a there's a part of the handbook that just says that we look at um, the growth of a business like it's an art like an art and use the artistic process and so instead of saying we're going to do this 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 and this we sort of say we're going to do this and maybe we'll do this this and this and it's a subtle difference but it's but the best way i can describe is is instead of committing to a path we point ourselves down a path but we're aware that we may see other paths right and we bring this up a lot and we'll try things and we experiment at the studio um and i think we just bring an openness to the team that's like hey we're gonna try this and maybe it won't work and maybe it will hopefully we'll have some fun and i think we'll definitely learn and, you know, earlier I said that our team is like, um, you know, just really amazing. And I think I think they really are because that's a very difficult quality to find in an individual, let alone put together a group of individuals that are able to point themselves down a path without necessarily knowing where they're going to end up or wanting to know where they're going to end up. Right. I think no one truly knows, but that that. Um, that desire to know kind of forces a lot of people to play it safe, uh, to do things that are less original but more um, predictable. Right. And we make we do our best to to emphasize the opposite. Awesome, well, that's good. So whenever you get on your website, you know one of the things that you notice is that you know your products are a little bit more expensive than you know the normal pen, the normal notebook, and so on and so forth. And what we want to ask is that, you know, why are you why are you creating those types of products? I know like they're very high quality and they're very much worth it. But why did you decide to go after, you know, higher quality and choose to, you know, hey, we're going to price these a little bit more expensive. 
Like, why did you choose to make that decision? Yeah, that's that's curious. I I think it's all. It should also be noted, like not just where the price is, but the price is a reflection of where the product lands in the category. So it's a result of where, what type of um, product are we creating in relation to the other guys? So like if you go to the CVS, you know, down the street and there's like that uh, $3 composition notebook or whatever it is, like, yeah, that's a totally different product. And it's, it's totally different person probably who's buying it. Um, and it, also the materials are significantly lower quality and, and to some people it matters and to some people it doesn't. And you know, when I get emails, which I don't, actually but uh when we first started the kickstarter like three years ago th that was a question that people asked and, and they said you know hey can it be cheaper or can you put a band on it or put a pocket and for all those answers i said hey look there are notebooks that are doing that you don't need to support us you know go and find the notebook that's right for you if this isn't something that you dig that's fine um but to answer your question totally related to price it, we're sort of in the category of moleskin. You guys familiar with moleskin? Yes. Mm -hmm. They're at a, they're out of Italy. Um, they actually have this whole history that's fabricated. I, mean, I hate to talk trash, but you know, I don't hate it that much right now. Um, they, <laughs> they they say that they're like the the notebook of uh, Picasso, the notebook of Hemingway, and they're actually not. Moleskin started in 1997. They were there. It's just like not not true. But for some reason, they say that and people are buying. Wow. Picasso used this notebook and it's not it's not true. But anyway, price wise, they sell their books for like 1995 plus like if you go to their site, it's like 1995 plus like four dollars shipping. So if you round the five cents up to uh, 20 bucks, it's twenty four dollars to get that book to your house. And our confidant notebook, which is the the equivalent is $18 with free shipping and essentially it has a lower price with higher quality materials and I don't need to really even defend it or go like go into it like I challenge anybody to buy both of the books and I'll give you your money back if you think that uh, that moleskin is a higher quality and guarantee it's not because uh, they don't really care anymore they're just kind of a, just a big corporation uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just because I absolutely loved what you said in the beginning of like, this notebook isn't for you. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like to those people who are like, you know, why make it cheaper? Well, that's because it wasn't made for you. And that's okay. Um, yeah. I, I absolutely love that answer because there's so many people who are like, well, you know what? We're going to try to please everybody. <laughs> and in pleasing yeah. everybody, you don't, you don't help anybody. And so I absolutely love what you're doing, you know, targeting the 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 thinkers and going after that niche market thanks it's really the starbucks thing right um the old people always tell me in my life why would you go to a place and spend over five dollars for 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 a cup of coffee and i said well first off have you ever tried starbucks nitro brew like let's start <laughs> yeah Let's start there. But then after that, it's like, well, <laughs> that's fine. You can drink Folgers if you want. Go ahead. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. Totally. I, I choose to spend my extra income on $6 cups of coffee, <laughs> and nobody should judge me for that. 
That's absolutely right. I, I totally feel you. And it's the same with, with I think, your products where, you know, uh, the quality is just such, and, and it really is such a niche thing where, you know, if you if you buy one of these, you will love it, and you won't care how much money you had to spend on it because you're like, I want another one. Right. And on top of that, I mean, 18 bucks for a hardcover notebook that, say, you journal in. I mean, if you journal in The Confidant, I journal in mine. It's got to be, it lasted me about eight months. I mean, think of that, like, you know, if we're comparing it to Starbucks, right? Mine lasted, mine lasted a month and a half. Whoa! <laughs> That's all. Hey, man, props to you, dude. <laughs> That's great. So, so all right, so I think the average is like six. <laughs> yeah, we got to get you more notebooks. Yeah. That... <laughs> that's now great. I feel like, now I feel like a glutton. Now I feel like oh, a glutton. That's good, man. That's good. I mean, to be fair, I have like five notebooks going at all times, but I, I do have access to many, many notebooks. So there's that. Uh, but I mean, like, think about, you know, say you do have a $5 coffee, right? That's three coffees and it's 15 bucks. It's almost a notebook. And that's, you know, probably in three days, four days, whereas you buy a notebook and even if it only lasts you 90 days, I mean, you're talking like a significantly less expensive than, than a cup of coffee relative to how much time you use it. So one of the things that, you know, as we were thinking of questions and as we were, you know, looking at your website and everything is that, you know, fair and big and like is all about empowering their customers. So what, like, what, like what kind of led to that mentality and like, what do you do to empower your customers? Oh man. I think part of empowering people in general is providing freedom, right? It's providing an, an open space or a, a place to speak. And it, it may be very subtle. It might even be obvious, but a blank notebook is a forum to speak. And where it ends up, maybe it only, it maybe, you know, you write your journal entry and that's it. That's as far as it goes, but it, it's somewhere that you, it's a thing that you've spoken to, or conversely, like, you know, if you're a designer or a writer or who knows what, maybe you're just doing it at work, you're an accountant, and you do your work in there a little bit, and you take notes, and you do tasks, and then you bring that into the world as a productive tool to help you do what you do. Uh, all of the above, I think, um, is a way to empower our customers, to empower people, is to create tools real tools um and like for example kickstarter is a curious place I, I really like what they do and um i look at a lot of projects just just it fascinates me just all the different design and you know people from around the world um giving things a go and what i find interesting is that it, it's there's a difference in not, not that there's a right or a wrong, but there's a difference between something that's just functional and something that's gimmicky, right? And when we started selling a notebook, a blank notebook, and think about that for a second, we had to go on Kickstarter and say, hey, here is a piece of cardboard with a bunch of paper and then another piece of cardboard wrapped in cloth. And then people are like, what else is there? And we're like, well, no, this is it. And 
that it's it's hard to to imagine it now that we've we've survived these past uh, three three and a half years. But back then, people people were laughing. They were like, "Why would you do that? Why would you? That's boring. That's uninteresting. Nobody wants that." But think about all the things we use in our daily life and how unsexy they probably are. I mean, you guys are using a microphone, right? That's solid. It's not, it doesn't have any, it doesn't like shoot laser beams, you know, it doesn't glow every time you uh, talk into it and, you know, rainbows circle it. We sit in chairs that are just completely functional. We're on a table, you know, with all of our stuff. We have screens that just show us what we need to look at. And uh, the notebook fits in with that category. And it's, it's inherently not sexy. But I do believe strongly that it is a simple tool that lets people express themselves in a lot of ways. And I stick by that. So in your, in your time, you know, with Baron Fig and, you know, starting it through growing it to like right now, what would you say have been like two or three of the big lessons that you've learned? Holy smokes. That's, that's a super challenge challenging questions you guys sent me a note earlier before the show just to prepare me and i was reading that and i was like wow there's so much that like i can't even focus on one thing um but i will try (laughs) (laughs) uh i think the biggest thing that i've had to learn that is counter for me um my personality is patience I love to work hard and get things done quickly and efficiently. And when you're creating such a complex thing like a company, um, there's no way around being patient. Like we said, it takes a year for a product to hit the shelf and you have to wait that whole time and still focus on what you're doing now. And then when that time comes around, focus on launching those products um, patience becomes really a really huge quality that, that you need to, um, to have on the flip side. I think, um, uh, what's the right word? Perseverance, right? Cajones is another thing is like, just like the innate desire to not stop. And I think our whole team has that that just we push through ridiculous amounts of um, work and amounts of um, through the unknown, you know, and the, the ability, you know, it goes back to the um, you know, part of a philosophy of Baron Fig on just building a business that reflects the creative artistic um, process in that you have to be okay with not knowing. You know, and I think this is a good life lesson in general is you're going to be a much happier person if you can accept that you just don't know a lot of things and you're doing your best. Uh, and and I think I think that building a company has helped me really understand the value of that. Do you guys have any specific questions regarding lessons like perhaps you can direct me into something that you'd like to know more about um just in your just in with with so many businesses try to start all the time and 
and they fail and things like that. What did you learn about uh, maybe yourself um, or as a team as you were going through that? Um, what did you learn about how, what, it, what it takes really to be a, a person who starts things and finishes them? Oh, wow. Yeah, when I, uh, when I was younger, I was that guy who would make plans and then not go. Uh, <laughs> or I would start a book and not finish it. I would start a video game and not finish it. I mean, I was like the master of starting things. And in my defense, I think I, in terms of video games and books, I really like to learn how things, the framework of how things work, like video games, you know, oh, let me learn the controls in the world. And once I did, I, I let it go. Uh, but one day, a friend of mine asked me if I was going to go to dinner with him uh, and his friends on Friday night. And it was like Monday. And I said, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. And he looked at me dead in the eye and he said, no, dude. Yeah, like you're going to go or yeah, like usual, like you're not going to show up. And I never had set out to be this unreliable person. It just unknowingly happened. And from that day until today, I finish every movie, every book, every video game. I will drill a project into the ground until it's done or someone tells me that it needs to be killed. Um, and so to answer your question, I think that starting Baron Fig, um, by the time I did that, which was several years after that conversation with my friend, I had people who were joining or supporting the project because they said, wow, they said things like what, when Joey starts something, he finishes it. And like, man, I, I, if I, if I was in like alone and I heard that I'd probably cry my eyes out because it was like, it touched me every time someone said that because I had changed, I changed period. Uh, and that was so valuable. I don't know if that answered your question, but starting things and finishing things is even small things. You know, if you make dinner, finish it up, clean it up. Uh, don't leave it in the sink till tomorrow, stuff like that. I force myself to do that kind of thing. And uh, I think it makes a difference in who I am. What, what did you learn? Like, you're still using Kickstarter, but like, what have you learned through, you know, Kickstarter and trying to raise money and really trying to cast vision for to people about a product that they don't really know a ton about. No, it's it's very difficult. Like our team is six people, and we sell products in over fifty countries. We we're in over a hundred stores. We have like I don't know manufacturers in seven countries, and we're six people doing all of that. And I think it takes a lot of um, organization. And so going on Kickstarter is one method for testing a, a, a radically new thing, I guess you could say. So when we started the company, right, uh, we were raising $15,000 to do a production run. Now, the cool thing about Kickstarter is that if we didn't raise the 15000 then we know no one is interested, and we didn't have to first put out $15,000, set up an online store, and then find out that no one wanted it, right? So it mitigated all the risk, or most of it. We just had to build a really solid project and kind of open our hearts to our to what we were trying to achieve. 
And again, with the Squire pen, right? Back then, we were just a notebook company, right? People said, in you know the same sentence, it was like Baron Fig, the notebook company. And then we were trying to make a pen, you know. And back then, it was like, who are these guys to make a pen? They make paper. They don't know anything about metal and ink. And so again, we went to Kickstarter to say, hey, this is what we're thinking, you know. And like I said earlier, you have to be okay with the unknown. We were, we are, we don't know if if our best effort is something people will like, or if our our inclinations, you know, with the design is something people will dig. And so we went to Kickstarter to mitigate that risk because at that point, if we had produced, you know, a thousand pens and they didn't sell, uh, you know, Baron Fig might not be around right now. As a small company, it's 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 a it's a fine line. You know, you don't have um, the ability to make giant financial mistakes. You blow up. Uh, it's, we're not huge corporations, and so now we're on Kickstarter with bags doing the same thing. So you know, just as we wrap up, you know, one question that we always like to ask um, our guest is, you know, what are you learning right now? It could be about yourself. It could be you know at Baron Fig. What are you learning right now? Oh, that's a good one. I actually, um, I'm practicing my Spanish a lot right now. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, I, I took it in high school. I'm Italian. And uh, I took it in high school, and I, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. Um, didn't try too hard, I guess. And then I took Italian in college, and I, I was just writing Spanish words. I, was, I couldn't tell the difference. I was like, I failed the hell out of Spanish, of Italian. Uh, but now, you know, living in New York City, there's tons of Spanish speakers, and we have a deli um, around the corner from us that I go to twice a day. I have my breakfast there and my lunch there, and everybody speaks uh, English and Spanish. And so I started placing my orders in Spanish and asking, um, you know, more and more, how do you say this? How do you say that? How do you say sugar, straw, et cetera, coffee? And uh, it was so much fun that then I started doing it on, in my alone time. And uh, that's where I'm at. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to become conversational in so, Spanish. So what, what are you using? Are you doing Rosetta Stone? Are you just reading stuff, uh, YouTube I, videos? Yeah, I'm doing Duolingo. You guys ever used oh, Duolingo? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the app? Yeah, it's, it's so yeah. cool. No, the, whoever yeah. thought that up was so smart. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic app. It's more like a game. Uh, it's like Rosetta Stone, yeah. Stone, like simplified into the palm of your hands. It's free. Uh, man, I hope they should pay me for this right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, hit Joey up. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then I, I like to watch um, Netflix with Spanish subtitles. Oh, or yeah. I'll do, I'll turn the Spanish on and watch it with English subtitles just to familiarize myself. Cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So what's coming? What's coming up for Baron Fig right now? What do you want our audience to know about? Um, I think I just want the best thing for me would be for people to just visit BaronFig.com and check it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, if you like it, tell a friend, and that would mean the world to our small team. Awesome. Great. Well, hey, thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate it. How, how can people get a hold of you um, if they wanted to uh, continue to learn from you and continue the conversation? Uh, you can tweet at me, Joey Caffone, but uh, feel free to just email me, joey at baronfig.com. Say hello. 
Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Joey. Thanks for having me. Coming out of that interview with Joey, uh, for me, the, the big takeaway is um, thinkers need tools. Artists need tools. And we oftentimes think of them as the pens and the, the pieces of paper and the things that we use. But I think what Joey was saying is, yes, we want to create great things like that with, at, at Baron Fig. But the greatest tool that we have is our mind. And, and from that interview, as I, as I just talked with, as we talked with him and just heard his heart, it, the mind is still the greatest tool for him. And, and it's the tool that they've created all their products around. And so for us as learners and just people who love learning, the greatest tool that we have is our mind, our ideas and our thoughts. Tools and the things that we can use to capture those ideas and thoughts are just that, they're tools. And let's have great tools. Let's have great thoughts too. Now on the next episode of the Learner's Corner Podcast, we're going to be talking with Jordan Bauer, who is the founder of an Instagram account called St. Louis Graham, which has over 50,000 followers and is all about representing the people of St. Louis. The best way to make sure that you don't miss our next episode is by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, and now we're also on Stitcher as well. And tune in. And tune in. If you want to see some of our key takeaways from this episode or see some of the products from Baron Fake, feel free to check out our show notes. So in the show notes, they're really easy to access and they're a great tool that we give to all of our, le our learners out there who want to catch what we've been doing uh, that, on that day's episode. So all you have to do is go to the description tab um, under some players or others. There's the little eye icon next to the next to the episode. Click on that, swipe over, do whatever you have to do, and you can catch all of our show notes there with uh, clickable tweets. So you can just click that and tweet out um, quotes that we got from the interview. You can access all of the resources and things that the person who we interviewed that day, like Joey, um, mentioned you can access um, their website at Baron Fig. It, it'll all be in the show notes there, and it's just a great tool to be able to continue the conversation long after we've stopped talking. If this podcast has helped you in any way, you can show your appreciation by leaving a rating and writing a review of the podcast on iTunes. You can also do this by hitting us up on social media. You can like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, our handles at the Learners Corner, or follow us on Twitter at Learners Podcast and let us know what you're learning about. Until next time, keep learning and keep growing.